0: friend, welcome to episode 33 of Sally's Performing Arts Lab podcast. Today, I talk with New York venue innovator, entrepreneur, Robin Sokoloff of Town Stages. I don't mind telling you, I'm pretty excited, because in my world, Robin Sokoloff is a pretty big deal. Every day I gotta stop for a minute, figure out how good my life is with you in it. Every day I want to stop and think about
1: you.
0: I'm your podcast host, Sally Adams. Every week I talk to people about creating original work for a live audience. Send an email anytime to sally at sallypal.com. Your ideas keep great conversations coming every Monday evening. Check out sallypal.com/join for the free 20-page theater resource. Creator's notebook insert number 2 on scheduling will soon be available. In the meantime, you can listen to episode 31 if you want an in-depth convo about scheduling for your production. It's never too late to sign up to have access to the Creator's Notebook insert. I'm interested in knowing what creators need as a performing arts resource. Do you need more information about venues? Do you want to know how to put butts in seats on the cheap? Would you like to connect with other creators? Do you need more practical tips? Do you want to know how to manage the imposter syndrome most of us deal with? If there are things you want included in the Creator's Notebook, let me know by sending an email to sally at sallypal.com. I read them all. I promise. Be sure and listen until the end of the interview for concise advice from the interview and a special words of wisdom from my fitness instructor, Gerald. Town Stages is a state-of-the-art, flexible performance and event space that can support the entire life cycle of New York's Hallmark Industries. Robin Sokoloff is an arts warrior on the leading edge of a new female-driven cultural arts institution and venue space. With a stunning 9,000-square-foot storefront facility, Town provides world-class cultural experiences and opportunities for all, from civic to corporate, tech to theater. Robin's vision has come to life in town, a home to a fellowship program for artists, entrepreneurs, writers, content creators, movers, shakers, and makers of all kinds. In partnership with Sokoloff Arts 501c3, the program is part residency, part incubator, and part home base, offering the ultimate creative freedom to grow. An application-based program, the Fellowship offers access to shared spaces, rehearsal, performance, and event subsidies, and an opportunity to be part of a shared creative community, working together under one roof. Robin is the Founder and Executive Director of Town Stages. She's a lifelong dancer, carpenter, theater professional, and activist. She's passionate about building platforms for women and minority voices. As executive director of Loft 227, Robin created a home for New York City's best and brightest artists and innovators, seeing nearly 70,000 in her doors in under five years, while supporting close to 900 innovative works and small business owners. I reached out to Robin through her publicist, and she made time to have a really great conversation. I know you're going to love Robin and want to support this exciting new venture she and her team are creating. If you want to know more, visit www.townstages.com. Check out the links in the show notes and the blog. Also, during the interview, I mentioned playwright Nicole Zimmerer. To hear that interview, look for Episode 9 Get Physical with Playwright Nicole Z. <laughs> Robin Sokoloff, thank you so much for joining me on Sally Pal. Thank you, Sally. It's so glad to be here. This is just wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Now, Robin, you are one of the founding members of Town Stages in New York. Is that right? Yes, I'm the uh, owner and operator here. My nonprofit, Sokoloff Arts, is the
1: leaseholder for Town Stages, and I built this incredible team of powerhouse
0: women to carry this venue forward as the next 15 years and beyond. And your goal was to create a space that was available to people who are creating new works. Yes, absolutely. One of the largest challenges that art makers may make, uh, have to deal with in New
1: York City, believe it or not, is space. We are a vertical city. We are a very compact city. Real estate pricing here is higher than anywhere else in the country, pretty much, and the challenge is affording space and also finding space that is inviting and, and wants you to do the work that you're doing. So um, the, the particularly radical at this juncture in in 2018 is to have a space where artists belong, um, of all colors and creeds and and backgrounds, and so that they can do the work that that we need them to do. Artists are very valuable and important. Artists drive forward culture and um, make things more progressive and more healthy and safe for the general public by by setting a tone. Life often imitates art, not the
0: other way around. When you first started Town Stages, was it difficult Uh to Reach out to artists or to know where to find them. I'm sure people are reaching out to you at this point. They are
1: reaching out to us at this point. My first space, Loft P27, we opened that in 2012 in Chelsea, and it was only a 1,500 square foot space, loft space on like the fourth floor of a building. And, you know, we were at capacity so quickly. There's such a need for space in New York City, and everyone's searching high and low for it. What we discovered is that they, they needed more. They needed more space. They needed a larger space. They needed a, a room to grow into and have larger audiences into to make their work seen and heard and sustainable. How
0: were you able to make the space affordable for artists? So we're Robin Hood model.
1: My name is Robin, so there you go. <laughs> That's
0: great. Okay. So what we specifically built, which is unique,
1: is a flexible, multi-use space. So we're not a theater that has the seats nailed to the floor. We are a cultural art center. We're an event space and a performance space. So you can transform the space into just about anything you need it for, whether that's a corporate function, a wedding, a bar mitzvah, a uh, memorial, um, a TED Talk, and a theater run, and a concert venue. So by making a flexible space that works for everyone in New York City, you're able to do the larger budget higher end rentals and then you can subsidize the younger more emerging artists and innovators from there
0: that's so, so smart i love that thank you thank yeah. you it was the evolution of uh, of me being an artist
1: in new york city uh, a dancer and a theater maker and a choreographer and a producer of my own work because that's the only way to do it in new york you got to produce your own work um,
0: so <laughs> yeah i feel you nobody know reaching into the crowd and picking you out like you years of self-producing yeah. to get on the map here it's not yeah. very different in lots of other places in the country absolutely and with all due respect it's, you know we, we all complain about those challenges but the thing is is think about it If you want someone to invest in
1: your work, if you want them to write that check, you've got to demonstrate that you've got that hustle. You've got to demonstrate that you have found ways to do your work and have invested yourself financially and existentially in your own work. So, you know, there's a lot of gatekeepers and the doors are slim, but it's also an opportunity and a challenge to reinvent the way things are done. Uh, basically what I did. I got frustrated and I reinvented the way we can look at this space uh, versus art debacle here in this
0: city. So you've gone from busker to mogul, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I've had every job in the world. i waitress, art- built roadways in New York City. I'm a I'm a union carpenter. Wow. Um, I've danced on thousands of bar messes and weddings. It's the reason I came to the decision I came to as far as what to build is my unique experience having all of these jobs, survival or otherwise. It's Mm -hmm. it's me going, wow, this bar mitzvah cost $1.2 million. Imagine what I could do with that kind of money in the same space as a young emerging playwright. I could take from one and give to the other. So just seeing that the performance quality and the budgets were so, uh, the range was so large If I could put them all under one roof. I could kind of solve this problem for myself and everybody else. Uh, A lot of corporations are looking for for things to get behind and things to give
0: to. I'm sure venues are imp- as important to them as they are to the rest of us. Absolutely. Here's the thing in New York City. There are so few venues. There's so few locales where you can put up a, a tech conference, where
1: you can put up... Um, a large event So the, the way the city is built the way the buildings are built there's columns everywhere you're in a one lot building you're in a two lot building you're in a three lot there's just so few places and they're all vying for these dates one year out two years out if you, if you don't realize you need to plan your wedding two years out it, you're going to have a hard
0: time finding a space in New York City if you're in New York and you have a wedding you need to take it to town stages speaking of more practical matters how do you deal with issues of acoustics and lighting
1: well like no issue. I have been a lighting bug my entire career. Um, I worked a lot of my overnight work and side work was uh, lighting venues, lighting events. Um, I dance on the events and I find out who the lighting company is and I go, so I just behind and change into my tool belt and you know maybe over time so I've been lighting for a very long time so that there's just so much out there right now with LED technology there's so many new ways to transform a venue affordably and flexibly so I, I you know sometimes when you're in an older space the challenge is dealing with you know the dinosaur
0: lighting that exists and it's also a, a power drain um, it can be very expensive so sure, sure. We're, we're
1: figuring out ways to light around stages efficiently and
0: um, as green as we can as we go and uh, acoustically you know that's always
1: a challenge it will
0: always be a challenge uh, you
1: never hear
0: the end of it that's the bane of the existence for many many types of spaces especially a black box yeah. space or a utility space mm-hmm. because you know you can't is, yeah. yeah you're you're exactly. you're a little bit trapped in that box of, of bouncing sound <laughs> yeah, so you've got to put in the, the proper soundproofing and acoustics and, and it's smooshy
1: materials that absorb all of
0: that. Anybody has some leftover smooshy materials? <laughs> send them to Sound Stages. Tell me what you got going on right now. Uh, we just mm-hmm. announced our
1: inaugural fellowship program um, through our nonprofit, Up Arts, and uh, we took on 28 fellowship projects, which is very, very ambitious, but we do have a ton of space here. We figure the more than barrier, and it is a unique... in that it is not singular in focus. What
0: kinds of things do you have?
1: Um, We have playwrights, we have filmmakers, we have um, uh, graphic designers, we have people launching their businesses. It's really, this is an opportunity for artists and innovators uh, that are local to New York City to share share their best resources with each other Mm -hmm. um, instead of being in a competitive format where everyone is a playwright or everyone is a dancer. Here, we're hoping they cross pollinate and work on each other's projects together in the shared sort of clubhouse environment that is town stages. We have 9,000 square feet and mm, several rooms, uh, big and small, where they can kind of uh, camp out and create work for the space or outside the space, depending what their project lends itself to.
0: Robin, that is brilliant first of all Thank I just what a crazy <laughs> cool idea and to Thank top you. it off you're you're incubating we're incubating
1: we you know much like uh the
0: we that have popped up and things like
1: that it, it, that culture lends itself to getting people on board and getting them to invest. You know, this is where you have your pitch meetings. This is where you put your best foot forward. And artists again are not often granted space that is in any condition to bring in producers or investors or or put their best foot forward. This is a gorgeous space. Mm-hmm. It is just delightful and, and very, very New York and has the high ceilings and the big columns and, and the sweeping stage. This really is a platform for people to elevate were. Do
0: you try and help them learn how to interface? Absolutely. I mean, the,
1: the program starts on the 15th, and we've been very hopeful that we are here as collaborators and as partners if the fellows desire that. We'll look at your 30-second elevator pitch on your project. We'll look at the financial underpinnings of your project. We will brainstorm with you some other ways to approach it and do that if that is what the, the fellows desire. I imagine they'll be sharing and teaching each other. I imagine a number of them are going to be teaching workshops to the outside world. Um, we have a few on board that give 101s in a lot of area like feminist life coaching, you know, really awesome programming for other artists in their community to elevate themselves. So I believe this this will be a training ground um, as well as an incubator of sorts.
0: I think that's fantastic. Thank it really, you. it's so exciting to me because you're doing what <laughs> I, I wish was happening all over the country and I know it is in pockets. It is in pockets. I think, I think the thing that holds us back
1: the arts is the shame attached to success and money. Um, it's sort of like there's this how do I explain this? There's almost this tyranny of positivity out there right now, mm-hmm. and nobody's saying, Hey, this thing is really hard and I'm not sure how to do it. Can you help me? Right? And it's like you're just supposed to magically succeed. Um, and again, what's lacking in most BFA programs and MFA programs is what does this look like when you get out of school financially? Oh, my What can God. you do? What can you do? you side hustle what is it like when you are no longer paying for university to give you all these resources and now you have to find them in the outside world I mean I think people forget that they're paying
0: for them when they go to these super fancy Lincoln Center style programs at universities Right. so
1: when you get out it's a a little bit of a smack in the face and um, the more we can be vocal with each other about resource, I'll share it with you. Hey, you've got this resource, share it with me. Um, this is not a This is not a cakewalk. I don't think artists are looking at their work as like, I have got to start my own company. I've got to start my own
0: business of sorts to protect my work and make sure it's paid for. Right. There's this like,
1: you know, there's this whole like uh, tyranny of positivity and this tyranny of like authenticity and selling out. The, the greatest thing you can do for yourself in this world is find a way because you're giving so much value as an artist, to get value back. Yes. Um, you need you need more than people clapping and smiling to survive, and I don't think that should be a
0: point of shame. Well, and it is disappointing um, to find that actors and artists and playwrights and others give up their art in order to feed their families. Correct. Correct. It's. it's, uh, it's I don't know.
1: I don't know why that isn't a source of pride. I'd really love to be part of what like reshape that paradigm, Um, you know, or at least I inspire those who are finding issue with the prevailing guilt surrounding money and art, Um, Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk to them some more about what they're feeling and, like, maybe, you know, talk through their ideas about how that can be transformed, because, like, the economy has changed, times have changed, and, to be sad about it and not adapt to it doesn't help your art get out there either. Like, we have to recognize you can no longer be a single earner. We have to recognize that just all of it's changed um, and we have to adapt um, without sacrificing or compromising our art or our message now because of social media and we all all, you know we complain about social media but honestly now more than ever artists and innovators have a unique opportunity to be their own voice in the game and cultivate their audience Mm -hmm. online to engage with people in conversation at any time we need artists to step up and be more vocal and get in front of people and show them. Can I
0: shout an amen? Shout an
1: amen, (laughs) sister. You know, I had this conversation with artists recently because they they weren't doing much social media online and I was like, what are you afraid of? And they're like, oh, and it feels like everyone's putting out this rosy whatever. And I'm like, you don't have to be rosy. I think people are just as interested in someone going, "Hey, this is my art, and this is why I care about. What do you care about?" Right. I think we just have this amazing opportunity to have conversations, and and I think hashtag #MeToo happened because we finally have this online forum where we can all talk about it at the same exact time. Right. So right. the more I, the, I look to movements like Me Too. And go, how can we treat a theater piece like a movement?
0: I shared on my Facebook uh, post not uh-huh. too long ago and uh, asking for people to tell me what they're facing, what's in the way of getting your art out there. And I thought right. I was going to hear things like finding a venue, and I heard a little bit of that, but you know, or yeah. you know, raising the money or whatever. But what I heard more than anything else was imposter syndrome.
1: Yeah, right. I, I personally suffered it about until five minutes ago. So <laughs> I've been painfully scared of getting on camera myself, like putting my face on camera or taking a photograph of myself. Yeah. More stories have been written about um, what we're doing here, and now that I understand the importance of getting the word out about what we are doing here, um, I had to get over that really fast. When I talk one-on-one with artists, they're like... I don't want to talk about this online. It's not good enough yet. Or I'm not really at the Juilliard level yet. Like, who cares? Like, is anyone not going to care if I post it
0: and no one notices?
1: Like, what does that say about me? I'm like nothing. You're just going to learn. Of post something more, you, like any skill, um, even your, your, the writing itself, like mm-hmm. you put it out there and you don't get a great response. You put something else out there, you craft it, you phone it, you find your audience, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a muscle. You need to
0: exercise it. Right. So right. you'll find out how your art is touching people online as you put it online. Right. We have to let go of being so personally. Uh, invested and, and living in fear. You know when you're doing
1: a show on a stage,
0: you know you want to engage
1: your audience. You know the goal is laughter, crying, hurrahs, applause. You know that's like part of the goal or making them extremely uncomfortable and mm-hmm. making them question themselves. Like you know when you get on that stage it's so specific that you're trying to reach people yeah. that's still You, you've got to do these things, and I I failed to do them for myself uh, for the first five years at Lost said and I was so busy, and we were doing what we were doing, and we were at capacity. I, I didn't talk much about the how and the why, and I... to articulate it better, that not having space means no one has a job and no one's getting paid and the work isn't being made and it trickles all the way down into representation on stage and off stage. Like, I didn't realize, I knew instinctively why I was doing this. I didn't realize how important it was to break it down and articulate it to the world. Imagine no one's ever heard of you and start writing down bullet point after bullet point why it is what you do. Who does it serve? What brought you to it? Don't keep that story in your head. Start talking about
0: it. You're doing something that may be new enough to people that they don't have any way to figure out in their own minds how would it work. Not everybody has that sure. kind of imagination. People just don't can't, can't envision the whole thing because they haven't gone through the thing enough to know why it's unique. But
1: also, like, you know, there's the, the, the social justice aspect unless they are of color themselves and have consistently been told no. I have been painfully Wow.
0: that I interviewed name Nicole Zimmerer and she has cerebral palsy. She's Caucasian and beautiful woman, but she's in a wheelchair. And she says, you would be amazed the number of times I hear no because people assume that I can't. And there she is, she's getting a graduate degree. And she said, I didn't do that by accident. Last year, we had the first person with a disability, a physical disability in a wheelchair on stage in over a hundred years. What is it that keeps them behind Behind that wall and what is it about us that we think that people don't want to see that on a stage? For instance, Axis Dance Company is one of my favorite companies and they do amazing things using that as an advantage. They have some dancers in wheelchairs and some who are ambulatory. They, uh, they make these amazing, amazing pieces. It's another
1: modality. I, listen, I'm a dancer and a movement master. There is no one way to move.
0: Right. I, I started I started competitively
1: figure skating a few years ago because I fell in love with the speed and the danger and adventure of the ice. And um, through Ice Meter in New York, I was able to interact with people with different abilities in wheelchairs on the ice.
0: there's an impact to culture when you have a variety of uh, body types, of skin colors, of uh, modalities, and, you know, that that can only serve to expand our version of what culture looks like.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, another another big barrier in New York City is having ADA accessible spaces. Very few spaces that have survived the, the meltdown of the, the market and the recession and all the stuff are ADA accessible. We're on a mission to find one that is. We have an elevator that comes from the street to every level of our house here, so we're 100% ADA accessible. There's no, there's no barriers here. I never planned to open a company. I never planned to be a, a quote-unquote leader. It's just that when you see these problems enough and you see these injustices enough, at some point, you have to be the one at the helm if you're going to make a dent. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you are on someone else's payroll, and it's actually up to them what direction they want to take the company. You
0: did figure out there were some things you could do better and some things that you weren't able to change just now.
1: Absolutely. What
0: about working with your own team?
1: Um, We're all women here, and we're all um, warriors. We're all uh, sort of cutting-edge personas people with a variety of gifts and talents and strategies in our own right and it's sort of this has been about casting off all the stuff that usually a workplace looks like Mm -hmm. and do it do all the things that like and test out all the things that that could we've all we've
0: all always thought could be better is it more fun than you thought it would be Ah,
1: (laughs) i was hoping it would be fun i mean honestly here's the thing if you're running a venue and you're not having you're doing it wrong (laughs) Um, no really truly a, a venue is a community a venue is about putting on a show a venue is a springboard know why you put yourself through the mayhem that is New York. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're, we're so, we're on top of each other here in, in a way that is magical. And you come here for that
0: exchange. Yeah. I came here one person and now I'm this other, more extraordinary, well-rounded
1: multi-perspective person Um, and I came here for that. I came here to learn and grow and learning and growing requires discomfort and requires challenges. So New York's hard but it's hard for all the right reasons.
0: Well, you're making it an easier place for artists with town stages and I am so excited to talk to you about it.
1: Thank you so much. I'm trying and I I hope some both with other resources will feel the same, want to get on board, we're looking for supporters of all shapes and sizes who want to see the acceleration of change and the advancement of young women and people of all colors and creeds across the board. If you want, you know, your community and your political sphere to change, the artists are what, what drive that change. And so if anyone out there listening to this, we'd love to talk to you more what that means. We've got this amazing space for you to be part of, and um, we want to have the the tough and exciting conversations here at some
0: Stages. Wow, Robin, I cannot wait to meet you in person. The next time I'm in New York, (laughs) I hope you'll let me take you to coffee or lunch or something. Are you kidding? I can't wait. It's time now for Concise Advice from the Interview. A short version of tips from Art's Incubator, Robin Sokoloff. Here are nine important bits of advice. Number nine. Produce your own work in a leased space using the Robin Hood funding model charging more for non-artistic events to subsidize arts events. Number eight. Prove you believe in your work by investing your own time and resources. Number seven. As an artist, the tyranny of positivity should not keep you from expressing areas of need in your community. Number six, make your voice heard through social media. Number five, imposter syndrome happens to everybody. Stop hiding out and push through your fear. There is an audience for your ideas. Number four, people will tell you no, your commitment to your vision must be louder than the nose. Number three, write a bullet list that includes why you do what you do, who does it serve, and what brought you to it, and keep it in your head and start talking about it. Number two, build a team of people with a variety of talents and strategies who believe in your vision. And the number one piece of advice from Incubator and Town Stages founder Robin Sokoloff: stand up for what is right. That's it for concise advice from the interview. Check out the blog Sallypal.com for articles and podcast episodes. You can be part of the momentum that's building. Sign up for a free creators notebook insert at sallypalcom join. Thank you for following, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, joining, and thank you for listening. I want you to pursue your dream to have your work on the stage in front of a live audience. It might be scary, but Sally Pal is here with resources, encouragement, and a growing community of people like us. I'm Sally, and this is Sally Pal. The P-A-L in PAL stands for Performing Arts Lab. Now, I have... One bit of wisdom from my fitness instructor, Gerald, the coolest trainer on the planet. Gerald, what's your wisdom for today? Everything starts in the mind. Tap in mentally and the body will follow. So important that you always think things through, make the decision in the mind and then go get it. Well said, Gerald. Well said. Excellent advice, indeed. If you're downloading and listening on your drive to work, or falling asleep to my passionate diatribes, like my sister does, let me know you're out there. I want to help you create original shows for a live audience. All the performances you've seen on stage once lived only in someone's imagination. Now, stand up for what is right. What is she? She's passionate about everything. She's... (laughs) she's a very passionate person. Hi, friend! Welcome to... Oh, I gotta move the mic to make this work. (laughs) I promise, you're still welcome. Welcome to my home. Can I get you a beverage? Excuse me a moment while I adjust my computer.
1: Not yet. Let me think.
0: Oh, what can I say?